Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. Thank you so much for joining me today. And on this episode, we are back with a beauty catch up. And to do so, of course, I had to have on Jamie Schneider, Mind Body Green's beauty editor and my right hand beauty woman. Uh, And today we're going to get into a few fun things. We're going to be answering some listener questions straight from you guys. Uh, We are going to give you a little personal care update from from the Mind Body Green personal care collection. And then finally, we're just gonna be talking about some of our brand new favorite products. So we have a stacked lineup to get through. So without further ado, Jamie, welcome. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. So happy to have you back. I know we've been teasing listener questions for quite some time, um, and I'm so happy to finally get to be able to do this episode. So any of our listeners out there, if you do have any questions, Feel free to drop in a little voicemail. The link is in the show notes. It's the um, say hi. Well, Jamie, you probably know it better than I do. It is sayhi.chat slash clean beauty school. So you just go to that link and it'll prompt you to record a little voice memo. You can do it on your computer. It's super easy. Again, that's in the show notes. So just click on that um, and it will take you to it. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Our first one is from Ashley. Jamie, if you want to go ahead and read it. So Ashley wants to know about water temperature when washing your face. Can it ever be too hot or too cold or is tepid water not useful? Maybe it depends on the time of day or duration that I'm washing my face, how long or what I'm putting on my face afterwards, whether that be moisturizer or something else. So Ashley, I just want to start off by saying hot water strips the skin of its protective oils. You never want to use too hot water on your face. And a lot of people believe that you need to use hot water to kill bacteria or actually remove the dirt. But that is a total myth. You do not need to use hot water to kill any bacteria. And while it is true that heat does dilate your pores, which is why people tend to use facial steamers or even a warm washcloth to wash off their cleansers and masks and such, but you actually don't need to use as hot of water as you might think. You can totally use moderately hot water or even lukewarm water to do this. So you definitely don't need anything boiling hot. So I would advise to not use hot water when you wash your face. But on the other hand, freezing cold water can shock the skin and cause broken capillaries. So you basically don't want to go to the extreme in any direction. Balance is always key, folks. (laughs) If we learn anything on this podcast, it all comes back to balance. Yes, balance water temperature is key and derms derms say to stick to lukewarm water if you can. Regarding the how long point, I do want to point out that if your cleanser has any active ingredients like salicylic acid, which I personally love using a salicylic acid cleanser, you actually want to leave it on your face for at least 60 seconds before washing it off. That's dermatologists usually recommend around a minute or so, just gives those active ingredients enough time to do their work on your skin. If you immediately wash off those cleansers, you are quite literally washing those actives down the drain. So if you have like a gentle, just really simple hydrating cleanser, you don't need to worry about this, but just something to point out if you do use a more like active infused uh, cleanser with those actives in it. 
But the bottom line, just try to use lukewarm water or moderately warm water if you can. Uh, that's also the main reason why dermatologists say not to wash your face in the shower, uh, just because the water that you use in the shower is likely way too hot for your face. So try to stick to lukewarm water is my long-winded moral of the story. Perfect answer. I have nothing to add. I, I do love that we got this question though, because I do think washing your face is, and I, I've said this before on the podcast, um, but washing your face is such an underrated step in the skincare routine and it deserves more respect. So let's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love that we get to answer questions about washing your face. I like, it's, it's my personally, it's my favorite step. So it seems so simple, but clearly people have a lot of confusion about it. And fair, you know, there's there, there's a lot happening. There's the water temperature, there's the products you're using, and there's the length, you know, it's, um, it's a very involved step. All right, so we got another one from Emily. I'll have you take this one away again. All right, so Emily says, for most of my life, my hair has air dried really nicely, straight and smooth, and I've never had to use much heat on it. It's been pretty low maintenance. It's thin and gets oily pretty quickly. So I shied away from oils. I don't really use a ton of products or think that deeply about what shampoo I use, but I moved in August and now I hate the way it air dries. It's not straight or smooth. It's very frizzy. I tried getting a shower filter because I thought it might just be the water, but that hasn't been successful. And then even when I've gone away, I noticed that in other places it does the same. So maybe it's just a late in life hair change. If you have any recommendations or routines or products, I would appreciate it. So Emily, your hair type and texture totally changes with age. I, I think that is definitely the right call. Uh, a lot of people know, of course, that your hair can change in color as you age. Uh, that's why we get gray hair. It also changes in terms of curl pattern and coarseness. Uh, typically, aging hair gets coarser since the hair shaft loses those protective oils that give it some slip which is why you may notice it becoming more frizzy as you get older. But even more broadly speaking, your hormones can totally influence your hair texture and your curl pattern uh, just because your hormones fluctuate throughout your life. Personally, I've noticed my curl pattern actually loosen a bit with age. When I was younger, my hair was definitely a lot more fluffier and full. And now I've noticed it become flatter with a more looser wave pattern. Um, it differs for everyone, but... It is a totally natural, normal, and expected change. The water could have been a culprit, but I would say since you noticed the same thing in multiple places, I would bet it's just a natural hair change, which is totally fine. But in terms of recommendations for routines and such, I would recommend using a hair mask in place of conditioner. That's what I personally do. And I do this because hair masks are usually thicker and they're... Really, their main focus is just to infuse the strands with moisture way more so than a standard conditioner that you just rinse out immediately. So I would start to use that, maybe swap one in every few washes. And you said you didn't think deeply about the shampoo you use. I would start thinking deeply about the shampoo you use. Good hair starts with good shampoo. <laughs> it's the same thing as our face wash. It's a, you know, it's an underappreciated step. Uh, it's the foundation. Absolutely. As you noted that some shampoos is the foundation of your hair care routine and a lot of them are notorious for stripping your strands, which can really result in frizz pretty quickly. Like frizz-free hair starts in the shower, no doubt. Um, you want to use something sulfate-free and hydrating and we have a bunch of guides on the site if you want to check those out. And then for styling tips, I would 
try to define your new curl pattern and play around with it and have fun. Um, I personally swear by this trick I learned from Diana Cohen, who is the founder of Crown Affair. Um, after getting out of the shower, I will apply a leave-in conditioner, I'll detangle my hair, and then I'll wrap my hair in a microfiber towel for about 15 minutes. And the microfiber is important because the fibers of the towel are super soft. So that helps uh, stave away frizz as well. Then after 15 minutes, I'll take it out, I'll apply a hair oil and a hair gel and scrunch my curls to define them. And then what I'll do is I'll take the two front sections and I'll twirl them away from my face into two little twists and then clip them back with a claw clip, kind of like you're doing a half up, half down style. And then I will put the rest of my hair in two sections, twist those and clip them in the front of my face. It's a little hard to explain. I'll link the video that she shared in the show notes um, so you can visualize it. But you're basically twisting your hair to define your curls and then just leaving it alone for as long as you can. Um, and then when it's dry, you can unclip your hair and shake it out. You look a little crazy while you're waiting for it to dry, but it has really changed my air dry game completely. My waves just look so much more defined and frizz free and soft. Uh, that's a trick that works for me, but ultimately just listen to your hair, have fun with it and just be willing to adjust your routine. That would be my general advice. Yeah. I, I love that last little bit. I think when we experience changes with our hair, we're more reluctant to change our routine. We just kind of have this idea of, you know, why, why doesn't my hair respond to, to my products like it used to, or, you know, I just think there's a little bit more hesitation with hair, but, you know, to compare it to skin again, it's like, if all of a sudden your skin became more sensitive, or if all of a sudden you started experiencing breakouts, or you, you know, you experienced any sort of skin type change, whatever it is, you became drier, you became oilier, you wouldn't hesitate to switch your skincare routine. You'd be like, okay, I have oily skin now. It is time to, time to get a mattifying moisturizer and mattifying makeup. Or, hey, I have sensitive skin. All right, I'm taking out this active and I'm putting in, you know, a soothing face cream. And I just think we need to think about our hair in similar terms. You know, if you are experiencing a new texture or you're experiencing maybe oilier roots or you're experiencing hair that is more, you know, damage prone, whatever it is, just like be comfortable and be open to the idea that you need to change your hair care and styling routine based on what your hair is going through. Because, you know, like you noted at the top, your hair texture changes throughout your life and that is totally natural. So just like, yeah, be willing to, to try something new. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, something that I have certainly done throughout my life. I feel like my hair, I've gone through so many different phases with my hair. So I feel like I'm always like, all right, <laughs> what is my hair bringing me now? Let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I feel like we, we don't think of our hair as this dynamic part of our bodies, but it totally is. It, it really does change. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's, let's treat it as such. Let's, let's be willing to, to try new things. All right. I'm going to grab the next one. This is from Emma. She says, I'm getting married in a few months before the wedding. I am working on regrowing my eyebrows. I like really severely overplucked them when I was younger, trying to get that thin look. Emma, I get that. Uh, 
And now they are just super uneven. Uh, but I've never really tried to do anything to them to encourage growth. So I'm wondering um, how much regrowth is even possible to restore your natural shape and just anything I can be doing to help that process. I think this is a great question. And it is a question that I think uh, comes up quite a bit. You know, we we like to write about eyebrow growth on this site because we just we get so much demand for it. And recently, we actually had an episode about brow and lash regrowth with Jasmani. So certainly worth giving that a listen. It was a really fun episode in general, and she just has so much advice about brow and lash regrowth and certainly worth checking out. But a few takeaways from that episode in case you um, don't have time to go back and re-listen to it. She advised to invest in a brow growth serum. There are a few really fantastic ones on the market. We have written a roundup on this, so I will be sure to link that in the show notes so you can easily check them out there. I recommend looking for brow growth serums that contain peptides. Um, Peptides do have some data showing that they can encourage growth in the area. So I definitely think uh, some of those brow growth serums that are on the market, there's, you know, some, there's some real science supporting them. One tip that I loved from Jazz is exfoliate your eyebrows. And, you know, when she says this, she doesn't mean grab a scrub and go crazy with it. That is certainly not the advice here. Your advice was really simple. It was grab a little spoolie, a clean spoolie, you know, the the little things that you may apply mascara with, um, get a clean one and just brush your eyebrows. It's similar to, you know, brushing your hair or massaging your hair to encourage hair growth. Because um, what you're doing is you are clearing out debris, you're clearing out dead skin cells, but you're also stimulating the hair follicle and encouraging circulation in the area. So that's going to bring more nutrients. That is going to bring more growth. She also really encourages people to use a quote unquote brow conditioner. This isn't a brand new product that you need to go out and buy. What she means by this is just applying a little bit of castor oil or coconut oil on the brow and then, you know, rinsing it off. So it's basically just giving those brow hairs a little bit of hydration. It's nurturing the hair follicle. It's nurturing the hair underneath. Um, These are light oils. So they're super, you know, they're not going to weigh the hairs down. You don't run any risk of, you know, um, adding too much product. Um, They're just really delicate. And um, I I loved that advice. Uh, Castor oil for brow growth is something that people talk about quite a bit. And anecdotally, there's certainly some insights there. Not enough research has been done on castor oil to conclude, but that's not to say it doesn't work. It just means to see that just means that they're hasn't been any research done on it. So I think that's really great advice. One thing I do definitely recommend is visiting a professional and seeing what sort of offerings you can look into for helping with fullness. I don't recommend doing this like right before the wedding in in terms of like a few weeks. Um, Definitely give yourself some buffer time here. But I would say like a handful of months before the wedding, Go visit a brow specialist, look into brow tinting. Brow tinting is going to be able to pick up those small, thin, blonde hairs that 
Otherwise, they'll go invisible. But brow tinting is able to, you know, it will darken them. It will add some fullness to the brows. It's going to be able to, you know, give a little bit more shape in areas, fill in gaps. But like I said, definitely do that well, well, well before the wedding. I just, I would hate to have somebody go get their brows tinted and hate the look and, you know, then be panicking that they're going to have these uh, brows that they don't like before the wedding. You know, give yourself plenty of time to test it out first. And then I will say, unfortunately, if there is scar tissue from over plucking, hair is not going to grow back. So, you know, when I say, when I get the question, is brow growth even possible? My answer is yes, it is possible in some occasions. Not everyone is going to be able to have full brow regrowth. Unfortunately, that's just not possible. If you overpluck, if, uh, you know, if you've gone to the extreme, there's might be some scar tissue there and you may have lost those brow hairs. But that's not to say that, you know, it, it's not possible to get a fuller look. There are things that you can do, including daily brow care, including brow tinting, including, you know, makeup hacks. But, you know, in some in some cases, certain parts of your brows, you may have lost those hairs. So just trying to set expectations there. You know, I don't want to overpromise anything. But yeah, that's a uh, brow regrowth, certainly a, a hot button topic that we we love talking about. And be sure to listen to that episode if you want more advice. Yeah, I, I personally do get a brow tint. I try to go every six weeks to Joey Healy, who's the best. And I will, I can attest that I have so many of those really blonde vellus hairs around the perimeter of my brow that just come to life and make my brows appear so much fuller than they did when I walked in. It the results are really worth it, I would say. I completely agree. I feel like every um, brow specialist that I follow when they do before and afters of brow tints or brow laminations even, um, it's it's night and day. I mean, these people are true artists. They can fix almost anything. So, you know, I, I definitely recommend reaching out to a professional. Give yourself plenty of time before the wedding to do this. But, um, you know, People can work magic out there. It's pretty impressive. Okay, so the next one is from Jennifer. Hi, I was just wondering, can LED light help with dark spots such as freckles and maybe certain goals around skin health? Again, we we have another episode with um, Ellen Marmer. Uh, she's a dermatologist, Dr. Ellen Marmer. She um, is a specialist in lasers and LED lights. She... Uh, has pioneered the field of lasers and LED in a lot of ways. Um, you know, her her work with lasers goes back decades. She's really such a fantastic dermatologist. And, you know, certainly I consider her a top source for anything LED related. Probably one of the most knowledgeable women that I know on, on the topic. So it's worth listening into that episode. But just to, you know, talk about what's on the market and what you can do and what you can expect. Um, so from, from what's on the market, you are mainly going to see red and blue LED masks. Red is definitely the most common and for things like dark spots and, you know, fine lines and any sort of like healthy aging concerns. Red light is more than likely going to be your go-to color. I do have to say here that LED masks are expensive and this 
is a category in beauty where you get what you pay for. If you order a $20 mask off Amazon that you do not know the brand and, you know, it's kind of just like this sketchy situation, you might as well be paying for Christmas lights. You got to get a high quality, reputable LED mask to expect any sort of results. And, you know, so that does mean that these masks are cost prohibitive for a lot of people. And that is unfortunate. Hopefully the price goes down eventually as the technology becomes easier to build and more ubiquitous. But at the moment, it is what it is. These are expensive technologies. For dark spots in particular, like I said, you want to look for something that is red light. Red light is going to help reduce inflammation. It is going to help with overproduction of melanin and pigments, which you know causes the dark spots in the skin. So you want to look for ones that have a high quality and high number of light bulbs as well. Definitely for red light, get around like the masks with around like 100 bulbs is typically what you see on the market. If you aren't into, you know, making a casual $400, $500 purchase right off the bat, you can definitely go get LED facials. So this is something where, again, it's going to be a more expensive facial, but you can at least test it out see how you feel, see if you like the experience of it. Some people have sensitive eyes and they don't love it. They find it's not for them. So, you know, you can go and get a LED facial, give it a go, see if you are even into the experience at all. If you kind of find that, yes, this does pique my interest, then you can go to make that purchase. It is really important to use it super regularly. Um, you know, this is a technology that you can't just do one and done. Um, it's certainly something that you want to use consistently. Follow the instructions from the brand always in terms of how many times to use it and how long to use it. And then from there, I will say um, outside of red light, there is some exciting research coming out around green LED. This is um, a color of LED that is not commonly on the market right now, so it's definitely harder to find. But there is some research coming out that shows that green LED actually, it stimulates your retinoic receptors in the skin. So it's essentially acting very similar to retinol. So that is going to encourage uh, skin cell turnover. It is going to like speed up your skin cells life cycle. And so that way, you know, your skin cycle is a little bit quicker and therefore, you know, you're able to um, fade some of those dark spots quicker. I think that's really exciting. I think that's really cool. I'm excited to learn more about where this green LED technology goes. Certainly it needs more research before, you know, we can conclude that it has all these healthy aging benefits. But I think that's really exciting. Keep your eye on the space. I think you're going to see more green lights masks come out as we learn more. And then outside of LED light, there are things that you can do topically to help. Vitamin C is a classic answer. Definitely look into vitamin C serums. We have several favorites that um, we have written about. So I will include a roundup on vitamin C serums. Outside of that, you can look into retinol, of course. You know, we just talked about retinol with green light, but um, retinol can definitely help fade dark spots. Retinol can be irritating to some folks, so it is not for everybody. 
you can look for AHAs like glycolic acid, lactic acid, mandelic acid. And then, you know, you can look for skin brighteners like licorice root and kochic acid. These are topicals that, you know, you'll want to use consistently and fold into your routine, but they definitely help with dark spots. And the great thing about them is they can be used in conjunction with an LED mask if you also decide to buy an LED mask. So, you know, that's there are multiple avenues here that you can work to um, help with dark spots. I just want to reiterate the point that you mentioned uh, about LED masks and that consistency is key. Like you have to use these tools so consistently. I can't tell you how many people have told me that they find that LED, like they spent $400 on the LED mask and they found that it didn't work. And when I ask how long have you been using it or how many times they've used it like three times and I'm like, no, you have to really make it part of your routine. You're not going to see any results. And it's also a slow progression. You know, I, I feel like people are so wanting of immediate results and instant gratification, which listen, I get, but with items like this, it really, you know, it takes time. It takes consistency. This isn't an overnight solution, um, but you know, these things, it, they're good technology. They really do work. And then finally, if, if, for whatever reason, your dark spots and freckles really do bother you. There are things that you can do in office that can help. Typically, that's going to be IPL lasers and chemical peels. But I'm not a dermatologist, and the dermatologist you visit will be better equipped to um, guide you on what sort of in-office procedures is right for you. But uh, I hope that answers your question, Jennifer, on LED lights. I'll move on to Josephine. She wrote in, or she called in, and... Um, she wants to know about how she can help her skin look more firm and just all over, you know, the, her complexion nicer looking. So, you know, we could spend countless episodes on how to help firm your skin. We write about it quite a bit on the site, and I feel like we don't even scratch the surface on all the ways that you can help your skin. So, you know, we obviously approach things from a very holistic view here. We think that everything is skincare from, you know, how much you sleep, to what you're eating, to your stress levels. Um, so certainly all of those things play a factor. Make sure you're getting the eight hours of sleep. Make sure you're eating a robust, balanced diet. Make sure that you have stress management techniques in your life. You know, make sure that, you know, you you are doing what works for you to help your well-being. But in terms of basic skincare, which I assume this question is targeted after, there if you're starting from scratch, there are just some like really good basics and classics that you can fold into your routine pretty effortlessly to, to help get your skin firmer and where you want it to be. Definitely vitamin C and antioxidants. There is no upper limit to how much how many antioxidants you can feed your skin. Like antioxidants are they're going to help fight re free radicals. They are going to help preserve your collagen layer. They are going to brighten. They are going to help, um, you know, fade dark spots. They are going to do so many things. Um, and then outside of that, you know, within antioxidants, there's so many different types of antioxidants um, from niacinamide to vitamin E to azacanthin to tabula to blah, 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 blah. And all of these have very unique specific functions in the body. And one of the favorites for firm skin in particular is vitamin C. And why vitamin C is recommended so often, especially for aging skin, is because it's it's a vital part of the collagen synthesis process. Like your body cannot build 
collagen without vitamin C. So you need to make sure that you are consuming vitamin C and using it topically if, if you are after firm skin. So definitely vitamin C. We talk about retinol quite a bit. I know I mentioned it earlier for dark spots. Definitely, uh, it is harder to tolerate. I get that. Not everybody can use it. Not everybody can use it daily, but it's worth exploring finding a retinol that works for you. And what's awesome about the retinol market right now is there are just so many different types and derivatives on the market. You know, they start with retinol alternatives. You know, these can be like natural, like Picucci oil. And then, you know, you can get into low grade retinol derivatives. Like these are retinol Easters, for example, or like, retinol palmate. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, you know, these are lower levels of retinols. Basically, is they're not as um, hard to tolerate. They're a little bit more gentle on their skin. They're also a little bit less potent and less effective. But you know, if you are somebody who is a total retinol newbie, it's a great place to start. Then you can move over into retinol um, OL. Um, so these are kind of your classics. This is what you see most on the market. It's pretty ubiquitous. But what's great about this is you can get a wide variety of concentrations. You can start at a low concentration and work your way up. You know, I definitely wouldn't recommend um, jumping straight to the highest percentage you see, but there are a lot of great ones on the on on the market. And then finally, you have retinol. AL. Um, this is a newer form of retinol on the market um, or retinoic acid on the market. And this is going to be your most potent. This is definitely going to be for people with more mature skin, people who really want to target sagging and fine lines and loss of firmness. But there are really great ones that have just launched. Murad has a really great one. Dr. Whitney Bow has a great one. There's plenty um, emerging. So, you know, you, you do have options there. And then collagen. Uh, collagen, collagen, collagen. That is your key to firm skin. If you want to focus on consuming collagen in your diet, you know, you can, you can definitely look for things like chicken with the skin on, you know, look for things with amino acids like eggs. And then of course there are collagen supplements. Definitely look for robust formulas that have that vitamin C already built in. So your body has the tools it needs to actually create the collagen. Look for options with the higher amount of collagen grams per servings. For skin, you definitely want anything at least five grams or above, but you can even get higher into 10, 15, 20 around there. So those are three basics that you can add. Yeah, I would add SPF to that list just because I think you can you can uh, get the best retinol on the market. But if you are not protecting your skin, it's all of that work is just going to get thrown out the window. So I would recommend investing in a good SPF and wearing it daily. I would also add investing in professional services and treatments um, just because I think seeing a professional is so important and. Alex, you and I talk about all the time how in the nutrition and even the fitness space, people are a bit more willing to turn to the pros. Like if you are looking to clean up your diet or you have a certain fitness goal in mind, people are quite eager to turn to a trainer or a dietitian or some or a doctor to sort of help them meet those goals. And in the beauty space, we think it should be the same where you turn to a dermatologist or an esthetician if you have specific skin goals that you want to achieve. And so I think that anytime someone asks me what are the best 
skincare products, beauty products to splurge on, I always say splurge on the services because you can honestly get really good products these days uh, at a budget-friendly price. Whereas I would spend my money personally on a really good service or treatment. I think it is a really solid investment for firm skin and skin health. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that... um... You know, find your skincare person and stick to them. I know it's easy to rely on people that you see on TikTok or Instagram or these influencers as kind of like your skincare pros, but those influencers don't know you. They don't know your skin. They're not touching your skin. They're not talking to you about your life. They're not seeing you consistently. Like they're not going to give you the same advice as somebody who is literally physically touching your skin is. So, Find a person, stick with them. I I could not agree more, Jamie. I think it's fantastic advice. Let's talk about personal care. We have some exciting things that have happened um, over the past few months, and we haven't really had an update in some time. So I just wanted to spend a hot minute to talk about it here. We are adding more to our personal care family, and we have worked very hard on so many of these. So I just want to give them their spotlight a little bit, just because I am so proud of them, and I, I, <laughs> I'm so proud of them. I'm like talking to them like they're like kids in a school play. <laughs> they are your children. Yeah. And like, this is my spotlight for them. So I just want to, you know, uh, explain a little bit more about them to you, to our listeners. So you have some context. As you know, we care about the skin barrier a lot here. I talk about it in almost every episode. I am constantly asking my guests about it. I get excited every time it brings up. Um, So, you know, I, uh, I care deeply about the skin barrier. It is my favorite topic of skin health. Um, and all of our personal care collection is built around uh, the barrier. It's built around your microbiome. It's built around, you know, treating your skin with the best ingredients that uh, as you can for your skin barrier and your skin health. So, you know, we recently launched body cream. This is a really beautiful, rich product. Oh my God. It is like the texture feels like a dream. It is like so heavenly. It is so decadent and delightful to apply. It's like, oh my God, it's amazing. But it is so serious about hydration, you guys. It is like, bam, you put it on and you are like flooded with moisture and fatty acids and antioxidants and all these things that I'm obsessed with. Um, you know, so it's a blend of just some like really beautiful natural ingredients. We have this certified organic aloe, um, there's mango seed butter, there is vitamin E, there is shea butter, there's, um, cocoa seed butter, um, there's squalene, you know, just like these really beautiful natural ingredients that are all loaded with, you know, various fatty acids, various lipids, various antioxidants, like for example, like Mango seed oil is high in vitamin C and, you know, um, shea butter is high in vitamin E, you know, just like these really beautiful ingredients that we, we often encourage people to use for their skin. I, I'm obsessed with it. I think you are too. <laughs> oh, yes. I am obsessed with the body cream. If, if I had to pick a favorite child, I think I'm leaning towards body cream. It is, I mean, as you said, the texture is truly unmatched. It it almost feels like frosting where it's thick, but really pillowy. And oh my gosh, it makes my skin feel so soft. It is, it, it feels expensive. Like it really does. Totally. Oh my God. I like frosting is such a good word. We also just launched hand wash. 
So hand wash, it's neroli scented. Um, and so it has this like bright citrus, but like it's grounded with this, you know, woody cedar wood. And this hand wash, it's really lovely. It's made with these really gentle surfactants that are biodegradable um, because, you know, it's a wash off product. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, what we were using is biodegradable. So that way it doesn't, you know, go back and pollute the waterways. Um but these surfactants, they are super gentle. They will not strip your natural oils. It's hydrating and cleaning at the same time. It's also full of lipids, antioxidants, and other barriers supporting nutrients. Um, we put a lot of um, like sea veggies in this one. So like a lot of algaes, uh, which are like we know to be really beneficial for skin health and internal health too, but you know, skin health particularly. And then it also contains our pre and postbiotics that we have elsewhere in the line. Um, so these are going to support your barrier um, while you're washing. And so, you know, you have the prebiotics. These are derived from an allergy. And then we have your our biotech postbiotics, which, you know, are this really like high tech, really impressive um, ingredient that um, it, it contains peptides, it contains fatty acids. It's just like, it, it supports your barrier. It has like really incredible data supporting the, about this postbiotic that, you know, it can help um, balance the skin. It can increase hydration. It can smooth out fine lines, you know, all these like really important things that you especially want on your hands, your precious, precious hands. And so, you know, we're really excited about this one. It lasts a while. So, you know, you kind of put it in your bathroom, you put it by the kitchen sink, you've got it. It's great for the whole family. It's just like a really solid hand wash. And, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited about it because, you know, I think, uh, I keep on talking about like these washing steps as like kind of this like forgotten unsung hero. And I do think that hand wash it certainly falls in that. Use the hand wash and the hand cream. And I swear you won't go back to anything else. It is, I, I've become a snob, honestly, when I feel my hands become even the littlest bit tight after I wash them. I'm like, oh no, this this won't do. Exactly. No, so agree. Okay, and then body oil. Body oil has been on the market since the beginning of the year, but I just want to highlight it here. I Okay, I really do think this might be my favorite product, which is like, I didn't think it was going to be able to surpass the others, but I love it so much. I have gone through so many bottles of this. And now that we're encroaching on summer, I just wanted to give it its moment because it is like the perfect summer product. It's light. It's quick drying. It's so effortless. It gives you this like really gorgeous like glow, but it's not too greasy or like slimy. So it's not like you don't look oil slick. You just look like vibrant and luminous. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, again, this is filled with just like so many beautiful uh, natural um, ingredients. It contains an organic safflower seed oil. It contains sunflower seed oil. It contains squalene, prickly pear seed oil, vitamin E. Um, that's it. Well, then it, you know, contains um, some stabilizer and whatnot and emulsifiers. But um, other than that, very simple, very beautiful fo formula. And yeah, it, I, I think it's taken the top spot. I, I can't believe it, but I think it has. Exclusive news, everyone. Yeah, I have a new favorite product. <laughs> Personally, I it's the perfect body oil for me because I either find body oils way too greasy or the dry oils that absorb really quickly, they absorb too quickly. And so I feel like I'm pulling at my skin and it feels really tacky. This body oil, I swear, it glides really, it feels like silk. It glides so well, 
but it doesn't leave your skin feeling slick. I I promise. It, just as advertised, it is as good. Yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with it. Okay, let's get into as of late. So we did this segment last time, and this is a franchise that we have on the website where we ask people, you know, what they're into lately. And uh, I, I had fun doing it last time, so let's do it again. So the splurge, this is something that is, um, sometimes we call it the splurge, sometimes we call it the pleasure. I'm, I'm hesitant to call this one the pleasure, but I will call it the splurge. Um, it is a treatment that I recently got. It is called Softwave. It is pricey, um, which is why I'm adding it to the splurge. I'm going to be writing about it in a few months. So, you know, more to come on that. Um, but it's this brand new um, ultrasound technology that targets the mid dermis where your collagen is produced and it stimulates collagen production and you really don't see results until three months i'm at the one month mark and this is when um the dermatologist told me that i'd start seeing you know uh differences in my skin and like i will say i might be a believer it really like my skin feels so smooth it feels like I just like reset the clock on my collagen. Like it just feels like my skin is acts like five years younger all of a sudden because it's just like at this like really like optimized collagen production state. <laughs> it is painful, very painful. It is perhaps the most painful treatment I've ever had. So I'm hesitant to tell people to like go out and get it. Like if you especially do not have a high pain tolerance, like definitely think critically about, you know, if you want to put yourself through it, but like I don't know. I, I'm at the point where I'm like, man, oh man, I might get it again. <laughs> I don't think I thought of immediately after getting it. It's like marathon runners where you you say you're never going to do it again, but then you've got the bug and you, you forget about the pain. Exactly. Okay. The other one I want to say is a surprise hit. Ole Henriksen's Banana Bright Mineral Sunscreen. I don't want to say this is a surprise hit in the sense of like, oh my God, I can't believe they made a good product. I love this brand. I think they make a really good products all around. This is just a new category for them. And I was just like blown away about how much I love it. It's, it color corrects in this really lovely way. And, you know, it, just like smooths on the skin. It feels really good. It has vitamin C. I will say I'm fairly pale and it is a mineral sunscreen. And so like white cast isn't necessarily something that I personally deal with, but because it kind of has this like peachy tint, it has a little bit more universal wearability. I've heard good things about uh, a wide variety of uh skin tones. Um, and then there are photos on the website that you can go check out to see, you know, about how it rubs in. But yeah, I just, I'm so pleasantly surprised by it. I really, really love it. And I feel like it's been a while since I've gotten like perked about a, an SPF. The Signature. So the Signature is, it's Fleur Solo Power. It's a new, um, it's a new fragrance, but it uses all of my like signature notes, which are like jasmine, musk, neroli, like woody scents, sea salt. So it has some like fresh marine notes. I mean, it is just like everything I love in a fragrance packed into a bottle. And so it is just like the moment I smelled it, I was like, wow, this fragrance was made specifically for me. And then the last thing I'll say is tried and true, which is our body oil. Like I said, it is my brand new favorite. It has taken the top spot. I love it. It is my, I don't know, it just, it's my tried and true. I've gone through like three bottles at this point. 
Awesome. So I will jump in with what I've been using as of late. Um, I'm going to start with the surprise hit, and that is the Alpen Beauty leave-on liquid exfoliator. I have never loved leave-on exfoliators. I think it's just something about my brain where I it's so easy for me to go overboard when I use an exfoliating serum or a toner. Whereas when I wash off a product, it's so much better. Like I, I mentioned before, I love a salicylic acid cleanser. I love an enzyme mask. There's something about washing off the product where my brain is like, okay, it's done. I'm not going to put on any more exfoliants. So I kind of stayed away from the leave-on exfoliators, but I really love this one. It is so, so gentle. Um, If you're familiar with the Polish Choice 2% BHA toner, it's basically really similar to that, but I find it's a lot more gentle and it's made with wild-crafted plants, um, which is the signature from Alpen Beauty. Um, It has 2% salicylic acid. It has borage extract and tremella mushroom. So it's super anti-inflammatory, super hydrating. I've been using it every night and I usually would not be able to do that with an exfoliator and it's been working for me. It hasn't been sensitizing at all. So that was definitely a surprise. The secret, I am excited to talk about this new peel off lip stain that I found by the brand Sachu. So Quick backstory, I came across this product down a TikTok rabbit hole where I saw Dr. Whitney Bowe, who has been a podcast guest for us and a source many times. We love her. Uh, She was duetting another video where someone was using one of those peel-off brow tints to line their lips. And she was all for it. She was basically saying how she recommends people do this once in a while rather than using an irritating lip plumper. So. I was sold. And then fast forward down my rabbit hole a bit more, I found Sachu, who has a peel-off lip liner, which has the same idea, but it's an actual lip product. So it has this really nice doe foot applicator uh, and you slightly overline your lips with it, just like you would with any lip stain lip liner. Then you let it set for like 15 minutes. And then Once it dries, you peel it off and it leaves this really subtle tint around your lips. And it really lasts for hours, even after eating or drinking. Um, And I'm someone who loves like a pouty, glossy lip situation. And I feel like this has become my secret weapon when I'm going out or have an event and I just don't want to keep touching up my lip liner all night. So I wrote a story on it, which has my before and after results uh, and photos. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's pretty wild. And then for my splurge, so I recently went to an Augustina Spotter event celebrating their new skin lab in the Webster, New York. And when I was there, I got their cleanser, their new retinol serum, and the famous cream. I have a little A-B routine going on right now, and I feel like a fancy lady, honestly. I (laughs) have tried a few products here and there, um, but I had never had a full Augustina Spotter routine that I really stuck to for a long time. So now I truly get the hype why every beauty editor swears by it. It is life-changing. I am genuinely fearful of running out one day. So that is my splurge. Ugh. I know. It's like once you find an expensive, really good product, you're like, God damn it. (laughs) I I actually wish I didn't like this. I know. I know. 
Oh, oh, well. Well, listen, Jamie, this was so fun. I love having you on. I love catching up. I love um, I loved going through listener questions. So everybody call in so we can do this more. I had so much fun. Thank you so much, everyone who called in. It was hard to pick a bunch of questions to go through, but I think we got a good bunch and we'll definitely do this again. Thank you for having me. Can't wait. So yeah, call in folks. Um, all right. Well, Jamie, thank you so much again for sharing all your advice and your favorite picks. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at Mind Buddy Green, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.